Amos 5.24 declares, But let justice run down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream flowing abundantly. Welcome to our 10th episode in Season 3 of Iona Speaks about defending self-justice, a platform used for us as women to hear how we can walk in our dominion through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast bring hope through enlightenment for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus' name. During this season, we have discussed a multiplicity of rich topics, such as generational impact, historical influencers, the impact of forgiveness, the essence of our heritage, being a defender of self-justice as a child of God, pride, humility, and trauma, thriving children, and the essence of a woman and mother. In our final scheduled episode of this season, we will be discussing the impact of Black love seen through the power of oneness, friendship, and relationship. Since 2017, there has been a docu-series of six seasons entitled Black Love. Black Love was created, directed, and produced by a couple of Tommy Oliver and Cody Elaine Oliver. They have taken viewers on a beautiful and descriptive journey of the reality of committed love in the midst of triumphs, challenges, and heartbreaks through the tapestry of genuine and courageous love stories. As my husband and I have watched these episodes, some repeatedly, it has provided affirmation for us on the importance of maintaining friendship in love and what it means to have oneness in our relationship, because Black love is to be celebrated. Therefore, I am inviting my wonderful husband, my best friend, my lover, my prayer partner, and greatest support, Ronald S. Rudisell, to be my co-host in this discussion. As we invite two of our friends, John and Kathy Bruce, to also be our guest. Kathy and John have been together in relationship with one another for 45 years and have been married for 44 They made the commitment to one another and through courage, they stayed together and grew to honor their oneness towards each other because they made the choice to first honor their relationship with God so that they could honor their relationship to themselves and then be able to honor their relationships with one another. Welcome, John and Kathy, to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get right into it. There are so many stereotypes and stigmatizations on the greatness of Black love because we don't see it celebrated as much as we should. The greatest couple I've seen in my lifetime that demonstrated a commitment to love in the midst of pain and disappointment were my paternal grandparents who were married for 66 years before physical death split them apart. You two have been together for almost 50 years. What is the value and worth of Black love in your love story? We actually put a high value on um, our marriage. And because I think both of us have seen that in our families. Uh, My parents were married 43 years before my dad passed away. And I have grandparents and great-grandparents who were also married and married for a very long time. I know in John's family, his mother and stepfather have been married a long time. He had aunts and uncles that were also married a long time. So, um, and we have children who've been married a long time as well. So we highly value 
marriage and all that it means to celebrate black love as well. And what do you think about that, babe? Um, you know, black love is is a unique and um, a, a, a special type of love other than any other type of um, relationship, I think. Because black love is, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of uh, strength there. There's a lot of um, strong, intimate relationship when you talk about black love. It, it's it's something that, I, in my personal opinion, that others strive to be like, right? They mm-hmm. might not say it, but they yeah. show it in a lot of different ways, yeah. right? Because yeah. they want to be have what we have, mm-hmm. right? Even though sometimes they may say that you know, black love is this and black love is that, but they are always striving to understand mm-hmm. and be like and be more of what we have, right? And to me, that is is one of the the, the uh, strongest things and one of the uh, powerful um, feelings and emotions when it comes to black love, because there's nothing like it, and there's nothing to compare it to, because it's so much of everything right so it, it, it it's 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 almost unexplainable how black love is because of all of what entails in it and there's so much like i said love and and, and strength and compassion and desire and everything in black love so um you know it, it's it's untouchable And I think the beauty of Black love is that it's persevered um, since the beginning of time. It's had all sorts of enemies come at it, front, left, right, center, but it has been the mainstay of our society. So without it, we we would not uh, have the society that we have. Black love has persevered through all sorts of odds. I like those words that... um... Ron, you've used as well as you, Kathy, as far as passion and perseverance, because there is so much passion that is in uh, these relationships. And sometimes that's why the it's been portrayed and not has been, not have been celebrated as much as it should be um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of uh, how that passion has come out. Yet that perseverance is so key. Like I said, I spoke about my grandparents and all I saw was their love for each other. Yet Mm -hmm. I saw them um, Mm -hmm. decades already into their relationship. So not realizing all the things that they had to endure um, Mm -hmm. and the courage that they had to stand through um, to actually get to that place where they honored themselves. And it really was through God because they talked about it a lot is because of their relationship with God that allowed them to be so strong with each other. So great point. Great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great way to segue. Um, in, in season four, one couple highlighted uh, was Felicia and uh, Krieger, Krieger Bailey. 
They found an expanding definition of love when they had an experience of a heart-wrenching tragedy. Krieger said at 2021 Black Love Summit that love makes itself known. It's not about recognition or position. It's literally about serving. Kathy and John, what is the reality of love and friendship to you? Well, in my definitional explanation of black love, my love, black love is the only place where you can be real, uninhibited, not um, pretending. You can be yourself um, because it's a comfort in loving your wife and your spouse knowing that you can be how you are wired, how God wired you. You don't have to be other than that for her. And when you can be that authentic in your feelings and you know that's who you are, you can have the freedom to express that love on any level. And for me, when I was accepted by my wife, to the extent of who I am and how I am, and also how God made me, that makes me feel comfort. That makes me feel appreciated. It makes me feel adored because I can be that real person how God made me, and I don't have to be anything else but that. And you can express yourself with a sense of exhaling, and being free to love on that level. And it gets very intense. It gets very hot. It gets very explosive because all of those passions and those feelings come out. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Oh, no, go ahead, Kathy. I was going to say the place that we are now, you know, we didn't, it, it took a lot to get here. It took mm -hmm. a lot and I'll use the word again, perseverance to get here. So it's not always uh, been that way. It's not always been um, a, a fertile soil mm. to build upon. That took a lot of time, effort, a lot of submission, a lot of serving, a lot of praying, a lot of listening mm -hmm. um, to, and dying to self just to get to that point. And I, I think it, in, in you saying it, Kathy, when you talk about the soil, you know, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a horticulturalist in a sense, um, you know, because when you talk about soil and you talk about the different challenges that you have with it, right? If there's uh, too much, and I'm going to get a little technical here with the soil thing, but when there's a lot of uh, ammonia or um, um, amendments that are in the soil that should not be there, um, that's where you have to change those amendments that you are putting into the soil so that mm -hmm. the things that you want to grow will grow and they will be healthy. But there, there's just those changes that you have to make in putting it in a relationship terms that, you know, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have ups and downs. And I don't like my wife all the time. She don't like me all the time. And that's okay, <laughs> right? But we don't hate each other when those times come about, mm -hmm. right? We still show love. We still show compassion. Mm -hmm. You know, when I don't like her, which 
I will still go and cook, right? And I will say, hey, baby, you hungry? What do you want to eat? Regardless of what just happened, right? My job as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a lover is to still take care of her, even in those trying times when I don't want to, right? And that's where the challenge comes in. And this, that's the, the soil part of it that I was talking about. You're going to have those challenges. You're going to have those ups and downs and crazy times and all that. But again, I take all that crazy stuff and I, you know, I put my feet in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hold steadfast, right? I'm not moving. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. You can be mad yeah. at me all you want. Yeah. You, st- you still going to get something to eat? Because I know you're going to get hungry at some point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the conversation about the fertile soil um, because it just brings me back to the reason why we're talking about the celebration of Black love. We're not saying that black love is actually the epitome and, you know, the greatest thing and that it's no different than, you know, any other um, types of love that could come forth. Whether if we're talking about, you know, racial loves of white love or Jewish love or Italian love or Hispanic love. We're not saying we're not having this conversation to say that this is the end all the be all. Yet what we're saying is that because of how uh, society has actually portrayed um, Black love to be, it is to be celebrated. Because there was a time in history where it was to be taken away and stripped away, where husbands Mm -hmm. couldn't be with wives, where fathers couldn't be with their children and mothers couldn't be with their children because Mm -hmm. of uh, policies and laws that were put in place for separation and division to take place. Yet in the very beginning, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, when God basically said, um, you know, had spoken everything to be in, in existence, uh, they're really our first um, example of black love. Amen. Uh, showing Amen. That, that love towards one another, even in the midst of uh, evidence of shame or guilt yes. or yes. betrayal. Um so I just wanted to to bring that out as we're talking about that because the fertile the fertile soil is so key to that because that's what was trying to be taken away from us. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's true. That is true. Um, and that leads us straight into like when we talk about this whole this whole purpose of this podcast is being a defender of self justice. And as I said in um, previous episodes, this is not primarily focused on the judiciary system but rather Mm -hmm. focused on defending what is right for the individual person in God's eyes. And today we're talking about marriage. So it's what's defending, what what is the focus of us defending what is right in the eyes of God for our specific and individual marriages? Because what your marriage looks like and how God has set up your marriage um, is a little bit different than how God has set up our marriage. Yet, it's still to be in his image and in his likeness um, for us to move forward in that. So therefore, I just, I want to ask you to, how do you qualify love and friendship in being defenders of self-justice in your own marriage? One of the ways is that we guard it. We actually do guard it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really important to us. I remember when we first got married, 
We had all sorts of people speaking into, you know, what it looked like for me to be a wife, what it looked like for him to be a husband. And as you said, we had to find our own way and what really worked for us. So after many years, we had to put aside all of the expectations, even that we had of each other and trying to shape one another into what we thought it should look like and just get comfortable with who we were. And I think that's where we are right now, which is a beautiful, a beautiful thing. So we're not trying to reshape one another. We're just accepting. In the beginning, Kathy had said that um, a lot of people were speaking into our marriage. And so much so that um, a lot of things um, from our parents, you know, parents love some parents. Um, like to speak in more than other parents. Amen. And you you have to know when to hear it and when to turn it off. But at this season of our life, um, I can honestly say um, that the example that me and Kathy set as for a quality of marriage and what that looks like um, It's different from our parents, but so much like them. If I can say the two, it's like they long to see us have this quality of love that can stand the test of time. And that's something they desire, too. But the way me and Kathy got there, it had to be the way that God had for us, not the way he had for our parents. Our parents laid us some foundational things, but then we had to realize that Christ had a finish the work because we realized that our parents couldn't instruct us all the way. We had to receive our instructions from God. And that's what made our marriage stand the test of time today. I mean, I think a lot of times too, um, we got in Bible, Bible studies like to teach you, um, what marriage should look like and try to make it a blanket statement for everybody. You know, as a wife, you should make sure that you're up uh, an hour before your husband and, you know, that you're praying for him before he gets up. And then when, when his feet hit the floor, you know, his shower is running and it's hot and, and then you know, his coffee's already perking and he needs, you know, breakfast is on the table and, you know, his toast is hot and, and, and whatever. And if you um, are young or if you even desire to be what's considered the perfect spouse, you take on a lot of those characteristics and traits, but they're really not for you. So you have to learn each other and learn what makes each other really, really happy and try to do the best that you can. And that's really all that you can do. And along the way, you just adjust your expectations about what it looks like. I think for black men, um, oh, and we were in some solid Bible teaching churches in the beginning of our marriage, but I think for black men, we really have to come into our own spiritually at a, as soon as we can, because we have so many things to distort us from being the strong black men that God call us to be, to have that black love that we desire. I mean, we have so many outside forces as well as some people um, in the church who claim they're teaching you or giving you the right things for black men. And really, sometimes it's not a help. 
So we had to weave through some things and pick out the things that brought the Christ things in us that work for us. And I've seen it in so many black men that struggle in their marriage. And I think a lot of it has to do with their relationship with the Lord. But then also at the same time, who is mentoring them? Who is life coaching them? Who is in their corner with them? And if um, it isn't the type of man that really has a good relationship with the Lord, but then also at the same time, as I like to say, let's keep it real. You know, like you were saying, Ron, some days, you know, I ain't feeling her. And, you know, so I, 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 I ain't going this way. I ain't doing this. And then he says, well, God sort of reels you in and says, okay, John, you still have a responsibility as a husband. That's right. And, and then you do what God has commanded you to do, not because based on whatever you feeling at that moment. And um, it takes a lot of work. And for black men to see that and get to that level of love in their marriages, it takes work. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. It takes work. And I, it is nothing but the grace of God that got me and Kathy where we are today. It is the grace of God. Because if it was left up to a whole lot of other stuff now, I don't know how real y'all want to get with this podcast, but boy, we could... <laughs> It, it can get crazy. Yeah, we want to keep it real for the for the listeners. You know, we don't want to, you know, make everything a, like it's this well shaped cake that's always going to be perfect, and you know that you're never going to have any problems because we always going to have problems. We always going to have mm-hmm. things happen to us. But I think what was very important is what you brought up, John. Was you know who are mentoring these young men mm-hmm. on how to really be a, a father, a husband, a friend, a lover, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? To be understanding, to be caring. And for for men growing up, we're not taught those things. We taught to be almost the the opposite of that. Exactly. Right? You gotta be strong. You can't cry. You can't, you know, let somebody do this or do that to you. You gotta show your manhood. And that's not the case. That's that's why a lot of our young black men are in some of the positions that they're in, that they are locked up or, you know, they out there always want to hurt people or do these negative things because they don't have anybody there in that household to tell them that this is wrong, that this is not how you treat people. This is not how you treat your wife. This is not how you talk to your wife. This is not a, a, a godly thing to do. But then mm-hmm. when you teaching him the spiritual part of it. You yourself have to live it. That's right. Because your your actions speaks a lot. Because you can't tell somebody, a young man or a young lady, this is how you're supposed to be in God, and then they see you on the corner taking a drink or something. Right? Right. right. That's hypocritical of what you're trying to teach them. So when you are teaching those things to these young men, you have to be living that particular situation as you know as best you can and not you know telling one thing and then doing something else and and that's that's what you know a lot of men do mm-hmm. in certain situations but um you know it, things are not always bad with with uh you know with men like you say it's, it's, it's about how you the, the people that you're around and what they're teaching you and how they're mm-hmm. teaching you um you know those things so it's that part is really, really important. 
for, for men not to be afraid to show some kind of emotion. It's all right to cry. I tell my son, if you feel bad or something wrong, it's okay to cry. It don't make you less of a man, right? It's good to get those emotions out because if you hold those emotions in, that's when you're going to take those things out on somebody else, right? That's because you right. haven't released it. You have to release that, right? Give it to Christ. Whatever it is, give it to him, let him handle it, and then you take care of what you can because certain things you can't, it's too far above your or anybody else's understanding of how to fix it, right? So, you know, we have to be there to help and to guide them and to be strong for them and then to show them the other side that, some of the things that we were taught when we were younger, that probably worked for then. Now, right. that's not the type of young men that we have now. They they need a whole different psychological, spiritual, mental, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it, you know, life direction. It, it's, it's totally different because you, you can't treat them the same way that how I grew up. Right? That's right. It was a little right. tougher, right? And, right? and my son can't handle that part of, and I know he can't because that's not how he was. He grew up, right? Right. So you know, you know something, Ron. You're saying some things that really make so much sense, and a lot of times, um, for me throughout my marriage, and that's why when you was talking about the quality of black love and the value of black love, those were things that I didn't understand till later um, in my marriage. And I will be the first to say sometimes for me, and I'm not going to speak on all black men, you can confuse love and black love with your sexuality or how you perceive love as sex. And that's not what love is. And so many people confuse, and I will use that term, it, it confuses those two with what real black love is in our culture at times. And I don't like when they sexualize so many things and not keep it real. Not saying that's bad, but when it's done in a healthy, godly way, you can have the best time of your life with your wife. And I know I do. I can't speak for nobody else. I mean, when you got a healthy marriage and and you running on all cylinders, God going to give you a good time. And I guarantee you that. <laughs> but I feel like this is that if it's not taught the right way in the right environment and then also with the right heart, then a lot of times that confusing love can really like just do a lot of damage to black love and marriages. That quality and that value that you place on your marriage is so important that if um, we as men don't get it, we may lose it. Mm. And I really want us to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, and I loved hearing the dialogue between both of you of how you actually expressed your values and your pieces with um, the quality of Black love and that friendship piece. And the one thing I also wanted to go back to was the guarding of the marriage, because I think that is so key when you said that, Kathy, at the very beginning um, of this question is that, you know, you want to guard this um, because this is this is a covenant and this is a um, this is sanctified. 
This is something Mm -hmm. that the Lord has ordained for us to be in this type of union uh, with one another. And to be able to do that, we need to guard the space and the structure to make sure that we know who can come in, who can be a part of this relationship, who has to stay, you know, at arm's length, and then how we actually demonstrate uh, these things in the relationship. Because there are situations where when you're talking, you were talking about, you know, some black men, even black women who might not have had those great examples um, growing up. Yet that's where we're leaning on the relationship that we have with Christ and to be able to know um, that this is how we are to serve one another. This is how we are to treat one another. This is how we are to love one another. Um, because in, you know, just as it says in First um, Corinthians 13 about how love is patient and love is kind and love is not boastful and love does not keep record of another person's wrongs. Um, love is blameless. You know, there's so many different uh, qualifying factors in that scripture about what actually love is so that we can go down that journey um, in our relationships so well and realizing that there's wholeness in the midst of challenges. There's wholeness in the midst of uh, different situations that might be heartbreaking. And there's wholeness in triumphs and celebrations. Yeah. Yeah. I I love those scriptures. You know, they're usually read at weddings. Right. And uh, I think a a couple of our kids actually use those scriptures. And, you know, a covenant mindset in marriage takes takes a while to um, be able to to navigate that well, um, to receive that well, to embrace that. So I think many times we go into... Um, marriages um, with the contractual mindset instead of a covenant mindset. And so you're looking for the first thing that can just lick us in the contract. You know, if you say something wrong to me, you do something wrong or you make a mistake um, willingly or unwillingly. And I think that's a deal breaker. Then the contract is off, but a covenant marriage um, is all of those things that you said uh, in first Corinthians 13 and it takes a while to really grow in to each one of the aspects of of those um, scriptural verses. And our great example is Christ himself who loved us in that way. Absolutely. You know, love is being and showing your vulnerability. And that mm-hmm. adds to the strength of a relationship. So one yeah. of the quotes that I love, because I always love quotes, And there's a quote that even Cody Elaine Oliver had said um, when she was talking about the docuseries, Black Love. And she she said it something like this. The first episode is how love begins, the stories of people meeting. And then the other episodes are about challenges that come up in the relationship. And that's really how they structured the series so that they could get all of these diverse stories out. Um, She said that we don't claim to have the secret. We don't claim to have one way to get from year one to year 70. So it's really important to show that all the diverse couples and the choices that they make um, that are worth strengthening their marriages. 
And so, you know, Ron and I have been together for 15 years and we've been married for 12 coming on November 28th. You two have been Mm -hmm. together for 45 years. And, you know, what, when we talk about the longevity of how do we get there and, and, and Ron even said, it's like, it doesn't matter. I'm committed to this. It doesn't, you know, regardless of what happens, regardless what comes or our way, we are committed to one another, to staying with each other and not just staying with each other in name. We're committed to each other in staying with each other and being present with one another. So this has been such a rich conversation. You know, John and Kathy, what are some other words, some final words that you would like to share with our listeners about the impact? of Black love in optimizing self-justice in our relationships? Well, that's a really good question. Um, again, I would have to go back to, for me, it's having a covenantal uh, mindset because, you know, as we said earlier, there are days where you just don't, you're not in love. You just, you don't feel love. You, um, but it's the commitment that trumps feelings. So if I have a, if I'm committed and, um, and I'm not committed to um, toxicity. So I'm not saying that I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. So if there's something that's harming me or um, physically or mentally or, or uh, spiritually, then, you know, we, we'll have to, we'll have to work on that. We'll have to seek out uh, what direction we go in. But I do think that um, having a commitment to um, a covenant relationship is is really what keeps you strong and gets you through in really trying times. And for that, you really have to draw on your faith. You really have to draw um, on Christ's ability to get you through when you can't get through naturally. Which ties then to what I would say. In the morning time, when I do have my prayer time, I ask that God would allow me in my physical being, my present being, to be the person that brings the best out of Christ and Kathy. That when I pray for her, I says, Lord, allow me to be to bring the best out of who you are in my wife. And he says, John, how do you want me to do that for you? And I says, well, Lord, you know, because I want Kathy's full potential of who you called her to be to come out. I don't want to hinder her spiritual growth. Mm. I don't want to squash her spiritual growth. I don't want to sub it down or whatever. I says, God, I want to be that person that raises her up, lift her up, bring out who she is in Christ. A lot of times when Kathy was doing her ministry going way back when our children was little people, <laughs> I would say, Kathy, I'm your biggest cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Your biggest cheerleader. I want God to give you all the strength, all the knowledge, all the power, all the spirit, all the holiness in you. So when you walk, you know that your husband was praying this for you. So that's what I believe makes our black love strong because I want to bring out the best of who she is in Christ every day. And from that point, I I should be all right. You are. 
<laughs> and sweetheart, as you are my co-host this time, do you have any final words? Oh, wow. We, we've talked about so many great things. Um, it, it's definitely been a blessing to have, uh, have them on the show and, you know, hear their point of views of what black love is to them. And I think it's going to touch so many people's um, hearts and minds and spirits and help guide them in the right directions. I think it was, um, it was definitely encouraging and, um, you know, it was a blessing to me um, to hear all the wisdom and, you know, understanding and, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and grace and kindness that you have for not just your relationship, but just for everybody. You can hear that the the love and passion that you have for everyone. And if that is not Christ's heart, I don't know what is. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? You have a love and you all have a compassion for everyone. No matter what somebody else's situation is, it's all about that love that Christ has, right? And what we strive to be and to have and to want and to desire and to understand and to be, you know, have some understanding and guidance and, you know, we, we just... Keep striving to want him more and more each and every day and every second that we have. Because we have to be appreciative of everything. Right? Amen. And Amen. it's not about the good things. It's about the bad things, too. That's right. Amen. Show that love right. for the bad things and show that, you yeah. know, we want to give it a name, but I don't like to speak that name. Because mm-hmm. that name don't deserve that kind of verbiage coming out of my mouth. Right? Amen. Right. Right. He don't deserve that. Right. He always wants us to speak it, but don't speak it into the atmosphere. You know, speak love, speak understanding, even when we don't like it, even when we don't want to still speak it because his love will conquer all. His love will guide every step of the way. And a lot of us don't believe it because we we keep staying in this um, funk or Staying in these in this bad atmosphere, and we don't mm-hmm. know how to get out of it. But mm-hmm. prayer is the way to get out of it. Yes, it Looking is. For him is the way to get out of it, right? Having you like John, like you was just talking about, you you know your prayer time. You know mm-hmm. everybody's prayer time is different. Mm-hmm. The thing is, find it and do it. Mm-hmm. Right, even if it's for a minute. Mm-hmm. Take that minute and pray. Find some quiet time. Find some some time just for you and Christ to get to know each other. Right? So as long as you keep striving for him and showing that love and that compassion and, you know, don't let struggles hold you back because we're going to have it. You know, we're born into this world and we we have struggles. Mm -hmm. And we're not even asking for it. But it's given to us. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have that protection. We have the yeah. ultimate protection. And that's God's protection, right? That's right. That's we, right. We put on our armor every day. A baby puts on his armor. He don't know he have it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but he has the armor. That's right. As long I think as long as we keep striving and we keep, you know, challenging each other and showing each other the love and the yeah desire and and, um, keeping Christ first in everything that we do and being honest 
and being straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, in that journey and showing and mm-hmm. letting people know about the the bad things, mm-hmm. right? Because we the, the goal is to learn from those bad things, not to keep doing them. That's right. That's right. It's a Tell me about the bad things. I don't always know about the good things. Tell me about the bad things so I can learn from that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Some of us do. Some of us don't. I get it. <laughs> but but it, we still, it's not that that person should not know how to get out of that situation. They still deserve that right because God has given all of us that right. Right? Even if, to, to get out of bad situations. Right? And the way that we do that is to strive for him and show that love to others. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given unto you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things, this has been such a great conversation and I thank you, Kathy and John for being our guest and engaging in this insightful conversation. I thank you, sweetheart, for your wisdom and for, uh, your presence and for your prayers and your thoughtful observations and the fact that when we are in uh, we're in marriages and we are defending our marriages um, in the way that God sees for them to be for us it means that they're not full of toxicity it means that there's not they're not full of condemnation they're full of purity they're full of understanding and they're full of friendship, and they're full of his agape love, his love. So as we conclude this episode and this season, I trust that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in your dominion as you realize that there is value in your life through all of your experiences, whether you're a single woman or a married woman, and that you're able to become the self the the defenders of self-justice for yourself and demonstrate to your children how they can become defenders of self-justice. Thank you for listening to Iona Speaks about defending self-justice. Have a prosperous and powerful week, and we are looking forward to seeing you again in season four in 2023.